Seeking mental health care can be overwhelming and even scary, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Dr. Josephine McNary, and I'm committed to making this process easier for you. Each week, my expert guest and I unravel a different form of therapeutic intervention in order to bring comfort and understanding and to help you get back to your true self. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I have the pleasure to speak again with Dr. Juliet Morgan of Cal Psychiatry. Dr. Morgan is an integrative psychiatrist and neuropsychiatrist working with a variety of clients via telemedicine and in her San Francisco office. She earned her bachelor's degree from Duke University and her medical degree from Baylor College of Medicine. She completed a double residency in both neurology and psychiatry, as well as a fellowship in integrative medicine at UCSF. She specializes in the integrative treatment of mood and anxiety disorders, ADHD, neuropsychiatric illnesses, and insomnia. She began her career as a neurologist and understands the complex interplay between the structural hardware and emotional software of the brain. She has been featured in several media outlets, including KQED and CBS, for her work with clients with long COVID. Today, we talk about her treatment approaches to long COVID. Welcome, Dr. Morgan. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So today I just wanted to have a follow-up from our conversation last week. I know we talked about integrative psychiatry and I want to take this opportunity to talk about something that you are a specialist in, which is long COVID. Tell me about how you got into long COVID. What is long COVID? What we need to know about long COVID? I'm so curious. Absolutely. So long COVID occurs in up to a third of people who've had an initial, what we would call acute COVID infection that don't go on to fully recover. And it can look different for different people. Some people actually get all the way better and then suddenly feel worse. Some people never recovered. And for others, it's a waxing and waning. They'll feel a little better and then worse and then better and worse. You know, the symptoms of long COVID vary tremendously. The most common symptoms are really debilitating fatigue, depression, anxiety, often shortness of breath, poor exercise intolerance, headaches, but there are just a multitude of symptoms that someone can experience with long COVID. I ended up working with people with long COVID because I partnered up with Dr. Megan Jobson. She's a palliative care physician at UCSF. And we started in the midst of all of this suffering. We just had to provide people with more. So we started an integrative recovery group for COVID where we really focused on the skills that we've learned to use in other long haul illnesses and applied them to long COVID. So I've worked with many people with long COVID and I have been privileged to be on their journey of recovery with them. I have a question. Have you identified people who are at risk for developing long COVID symptoms? Yeah. So, you know, initially we thought long COVID, well, initially we thought that COVID was just going to be cardiopulmonary, just lungs and heart. And so everyone was just astounded when we started seeing neurologic symptoms. And then this new syndrome altogether of long COVID. It looks like women are disproportionately affected. And then it's not just people who are in the ICU. 
actually we're seeing more mild to moderate cases that are going on to develop long COVID, which is, I think, surprising and very demoralizing for people. People who have previous mental health histories, are they at risk for developing more of the um, kind of depression, anxiety symptoms as part of the long COVID presentation? You know, we're still parsing through in the literature exactly the relationship between mental health and a risk of developing long COVID. But certainly I have seen people who had pre-morbid depression, anxiety, people who had depression, anxiety before, when they then are taxed and facing a chronic illness that, you know, is probably pro-inflammatory, that's related to a dysregulated immune system and imbalanced immune, something's going on. And then a nervous system that becomes imbalanced, that the depression and anxiety becomes far worse. But I think that the question that everyone is mulling around right now is this psychosomatic? Is it somatopsychic? And we all just have to stay incredibly humble because the literature just isn't there yet on those definitive questions. And we have to really watch out for invalidating people and their experiences. But And I think it's important to maybe to dive a little bit deeper into that because maybe the listener doesn't know what some of those terms mean. Absolutely. So psychosomatic means that the mind has depression, anxiety, rapid thinking, a lot of neurotic thinking, anxious thinking, and the body and mind are intimately linked just in innumerable ways that we're still learning about in science. And so, you know, it's hard to have a mind that is experiencing that without the body experiencing it as well. And as a neurologist, I'm always thinking about the nervous system. So someone who is anxious is revving up their fight or flight sympathetic nervous system. And that is ancestrally what we use to run away from a predator. And so it has connections all over the body. And it means that people who are anxious often have issues with their stomach, often have things like, you know, heart racing, often can even have, you know, what we'd call autonomic instability where their nervous system is just imbalanced. So that's psychosomatic where it's really generated from the mind. And then there's somatopsychic, which is where the body is suffering and the mind suffers with the body. And I just don't think that there's a way to disconnect them and that we need to treat the whole person, the whole brain, the whole body as a unit. Mm-hmm. And it brings me into my question then in thinking about the treatment of long COVID and your work at UCSF, what are the strategies that you think about or you present to people? So what we did is we looked at the literature in other chronic conditions. So in other long haul illnesses. And for me, long COVID has brought all these other illnesses out from the shadows. And it's really demanding that all of us rethink things like chronic fatigue syndrome that for such a long time was really thought to be just a throwaway diagnosis. And now we're all looking really closely at it. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a tangent, but it, you know, it's really reframing how we think about all these other illnesses. And in long COVID, we looked at that literature and we developed a strategy for targeting what we think are the underlying roots. So there is no pharmacologic targeted therapy for long COVID right now. Maybe in the future, there will be, you know, this is targeted immunotherapy that we will be able to offer people. But right now, 
we think that there is, it's a pro-inflammatory state. So there's all of this excess inflammation and we actually have anti-inflammatory treatments in our arsenal. So what is one of the best anti-inflammatory treatments we have? Diet. So an anti-inflammatory diet. I think on our last podcast, I talked about the mind diet, but we have a lot of evidence to suggest, you know, some dietary changes people can make to reduce overall inflammation in the body. Exercise is also incredibly anti-inflammatory. And there are ways to work with people around exercise. It isn't a boot camp class. Like that's not going to work for many of most of my patients. And a lot of people feel like they can't exercise, their body won't exercise, or the exercise makes them sicker. And I'm always there to help them to find ways to find movement that feels right for their body and can be anti-inflammatory. And of course, working with physical, excellent physical therapists, but always listening to someone's body. Other things like mindfulness. Mindfulness is incredible. We have all of these amazing studies looking at a reduction in things like cortisol, our major stress hormone, pro-inflammatory cytokines that go down with a course of one of the most classic mindfulness programs, which is mindfulness-based stress reduction, and then reducing isolation. I mean, there are all of these things that we kind of cobble together to be able to make a comprehensive treatment plan. And then, you know, I'm, I'm a nurse psychiatrist, and I also really believe in treating pretty aggressively the depression and anxiety that someone's experiencing because just depression and anxiety are pro-inflammatory. So if we can get someone a little less anxious, little less sad and depressed and more engaged in their lives, that also helps to combat inflammation. And I personally think also just having someone, having a relationship with someone you trust, having someone in your corner, having someone who hears you and believes you, believes that everything you're experiencing is real. I personally think, and this is not reflected in the literature, I personally think that that is also anti-inflammatory as well. So question is, what is the prognosis? of people with long COVID? I know it probably varies, but what have you seen? Because you've seen countless people through your work at UCSF. What have you seen? So it varies widely, but on the whole, people can feel better. This is not a diagnosis that doesn't budge. It's not a diagnosis that you're stuck with forever and that doesn't change and evolve. We do see that getting vaccinated against COVID helps. We know that in the literature. For some people, that's not the right choice, but we do see that. And then in my groups, you know, the people who have gotten engaged with PT, who have made some lifestyle changes, who have built a big medical team around them, they tend to get better. And, you know, I think about one patient who I'm very much still in touch with, frequently in touch with. And he, his goal was like to get back to hiking. And when I first started working with him, he couldn't get up the hill to his home. And now he's going on like long weekend hikes and he worked hard to get there and he didn't do it alone. So this is something that, unfortunately, I do think there are some people who feel like I have this and it's not going to get better and no one can help me, but I've seen people getting better. It's a fascinating new area of medicine in a way, because it's, I mean, the other question I have, which I don't think you know the answer to is what happens if someone with long COVID then gets another infection, gets another strain of COVID, then what, you know, but I think we still don't know. Yeah. We just don't know. We just don't know. And I could talk your ear off about other (laughs) things going on in the literature, but I don't think it's necessarily applicable here, but yeah. I mean, I think that 
I didn't expect to have an expertise in a disease that we know so little about. So I think I'm hesitant when I call it an expertise, but I certainly have taken care of a lot of people with long COVID. And I, I hope that there's more and more and more and more, but we tried to cobble together the very best care we could. And I think that people are getting better and benefiting. Yeah. And you do have a book that's coming out. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Long Illness and it comes out in this next holiday season, December, January. Okay. And And it's specifically about long COVID. Well, it's about all long haul illnesses. It's a practical guide to surviving, but also thriving with any number of long haul illnesses, illnesses that just don't get better on a standard timeline and that have symptoms all over the body. So it's a handbook that goes over lifestyle medicine. It goes through common symptoms. I wrote the neuropsychiatry pieces, obviously, but has concrete skills and skill building that people can do from all different areas of psychotherapy. So we have acceptance commitment therapy inspired exercises. We have CBT inspired exercises, cognitive behavioral therapy. We have all these different exercises. We have lots and lots of mindfulness. We have guided meditations. We have recipes. We have a whole arsenal of skills that someone can integrate into their life while also learning about why and what we know about their symptoms and lots of survivor stories, people telling their stories about their experience with anything from depression to shortness of breath. So yeah, it's, but it's coming out. We've got a few months to go, but it sounds like an amazing resource for people. Yeah. I think we're really excited about it. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate you being on our podcast for the second week in a row. I'm going to make sure we talk later to get some good links for people in case they want to learn a bit more about long COVID and also the work you do. Um, so people can just educate themselves a bit more about this fascinating topic. Yeah. And I see people predominantly, I'm honing in on their neuropsychiatric symptoms. So it's a big way of saying depression, anxiety, demoralization, grief, trauma, relating to long COVID. And then, you know, I always incorporate lifestyle medicine. We're always thinking about integrated medicine approaches, evidence-based natural products, and ideally helping someone to build the appropriate medical team. I'm happy to communicate with your primary care doctor, your neurologist to really help people to feel like we have a comprehensive program and a roadmap to wellness. Thank you for being on. It's my pleasure. Take care. This has been Mind Stories with me, Josephine McNary of Cal Psychiatry. With online psychiatry in California and 13 offices throughout Southern California and the Bay Area, Cal Psychiatry specializes in medication management, ADHD, anxiety disorders, alternative therapies, women's mental health, and more. Visit us at calpsychiatry.com and let us help you get back to your true self. Thanks for listening to Mind Stories and don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.